Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. To another podcast from draftsite.com. We are under a week away from draft day. You're probably thinking to yourself, I can hear DJ. I can't see him. He seems to be at a remote location. Well, that should be everyone right now. COVID-19, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a remote draft. We're going to take a look, probably maybe break this into a couple episodes. We'll see. We're going to look at the first round kind of team philosophies, where are teams looking, not only just the, the pick they could make, um, but other areas they might be looking, long-term prognosis, what teams are looking to possibly move up the boards, move down the boards, what are we hearing with our ears to the ground right now? There's so much to cover. We're currently on version 25.0 of the mock draft at draftsite.com. But we're going to start to start tonight at the top of the board with a team that should have futility somewhere in its on its team logo somewhere. The Cincinnati Bengals and it's once again at the top of the boards looking for a franchise quarterback that seems to be the play. And where else would they go but in the direction of Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow, who quarterbacked the LSU Tigers to the national championship this past year. Uh, This does seem to be the no-brainer right now. Uh, There are so many needs on the Bengals team that you do have to stop and say, you know, is there another area where they might be looking? But you've got to take Joe Burrow. You need a phrase of the face of the franchise, Zach Taylor, second year as head coach. Uh, it was just a miserable season last year. They really need to get something going as far as a face of the franchise. But maybe aside from Carson Palmer, name me another quarterback who has went to Cincinnati and has been successful either long-term or right out of the gate. I'm giving you some time. Any answer would be good. If you're not coming up with anything, That's because there probably isn't anyone else. Just Carson Palmer. There's going to be another of, uh, there's going to be some needs on the inside of that defensive line. Obviously, protection for Joe Burrow is going to be paramount, as well as the wide receiver position. You know, A.J. Green pretty much went all last season without playing. There's now whispers about Joe Mixon possibly even holding out. Uh, there's no long-term deal in place, so maybe the running back spot. Uh, Cincinnati's always a team that seems to have two or three capable running backs on its roster. Do they look toward the draft in getting an heir apparent to Joe Mixon? Just because it's a slam dunk that the Bengals look to be taking Joe Burrow does not mean that there's not a litany or, or host of other draft scenarios or theories schools of thought for the Bengals to be thinking about come draft Thursday. And again, we are under one week away. Takes us to number two, Washington Redskins. 
Ron Rivera comes over from the Carolina Panthers. So we have a new coaching regime. Even though Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy, I think it is a consensus that Chase Young, defensive end out of Ohio State, is the best player in this draft. Not only the best defensive player, the best player at any position. Even though defensive end does not seem to be the Redskins' top need right now, why not? Why not San Francisco 49er your way into a Super Bowl? They used a host of number one picks, got all the way to the big dance last year, nearly pulled it off. And the same can be said for drafting with first-round picks out of Alabama or the SEC. They had Montez Sweat the year before to go along with a couple of their picks from the University of Alabama. So I really think there uh, the Redskins landing Chase Young is, is what they have to do. Now is where it becomes interesting. The number three pick, and if you were to tell me I have the pick of being a GM or I could sit anywhere in the draft right now, dream scenario for me would be number three with the Detroit Lions. It seems to be cornerback, especially after the departure of Darius Slay signing with Philadelphia. But then again, there are two teams in this top ten that look like they're after Joe Burrow and after the Cincinnati Bengals that are looking quarterback, and that is at five and six, Miami and the L.A. Chargers. The teams at three and four have got to be looking their shops right now. Both have said publicly they're, quote, open to making deals. Is this a smokescreen? Are they just trying to get the best bang for their buck, per se, making a deal? Well, if the Lions, of course you are. Why wouldn't you? You have a team trade up for number five or number six. You slide back. You get some extra picks. You're going to slide back into that five or six spot. None of the two or three teams behind you really look to have a cornerback on their radar as the number one pick. Not to mention that only the Giants at number four might be targeting Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson, who is probably the fallback plan if the Lions do not go for Jeffrey Okuda. With that being said, why not? Get a couple more picks, slide back. You can still get the player you could work. You really should be taking a number three overall. So right now, if you're a Detroit Lion fan, you have just got to be sitting pretty, loving life. Now, they did get Desmond Trufant, but there is still just a number of holes in the secondary there. And we're talking about a division we're fighting Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers quarter of the year. Why not? Bulk up. Number four, we've got the New York Giants. Gets interesting here, too, because they as well could be thinking, let's make a deal. Let's drop down the board. There's so many needs on that team. I think right now it comes to do we take Isaiah Simmons but we have rated as the second-best player in this entire draft behind Chase Young, the linebacker who could even play in the secondary at times, a real hybrid type, kind of like what you used to have in Landon Collins. Or do you start protecting Daniel Jones? 
it seems like that offensive line has been like a revolving door. It's getting a little better. It's getting a little better. They've made some picks in recent years that are look like they might be starting to pan out. Will Hernandez, I think, being the, the big one there. But if the Giants stay put, this really becomes a Simmons or maybe is a Tristan worse. Do you reach a little bit for a Makai Becton out of Louisville? Looks like Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. They're not quite as high on. We're going works. Uh, I'm sorry, Worths in our latest mock draft. But there's a number of different possibilities there. And now we come to the two teams that we talked about at five and six. Miami Dolphins and the Chargers, both looking toward a quarterback. Miami, three picks in the first round. You're picking at five, you're picking at 18, you're picking at 26. So there is some ammo. If there's a team that's going to move up, Miami's obviously the team that's been ammo to do it. But here's where it gets interesting. Are they all in on Tua? Is that injury going to scare them off? Is Justin Herbert the guy? Can he command enough attention leading those players into battle? This is where it's going to get really, really interesting. We know it's going to be a quarterback. Which one? The thing here, just because they have three picks doesn't mean the Dolphins are going to necessarily move up. you got to think with that ammo – Chargers are going to be a little bit uh, testy. They might not wait around. If they do that, they land at number three. I think the team best at number three could be the Chargers. And if you're the Dolphins, why not stay at five? Maybe take those other two picks and move up. Maybe the end of the – maybe in the top ten. Two top ten selections. Why not? Maybe it's quality over quantity. Really tough to get a read right now with the Chargers. Do they like do they like Herbert better? Do they like Tua? Tua and the injury, to me that it's that is one of the two biggest stories in this draft. It's that along with how this is going to work out with of course the COVID nineteen epidemic and how this draft is going to shake out doing this remotely. We've even heard today there's there's a fallback plan. Teams uh, have some additional time available to them if there are misfires, per se, with the IT getting those picks in. There's going to be a, quote, dry run on Monday for a mock draft. Should be interesting. We kind of come back now to the Carolina Panthers. Another team with a fresh head coach. We talked about Ron Rivera leaving Carolina going to Washington number two. Matt Rule comes in from the college ranks from Baylor. It's where we have Isaiah Simmons. To me, this is Simmons. Maybe Akuda for some reason. He is not with the Lions. I think Derek Brown's a big possibility here as well. Might be the third best player in this draft. I mean, it, it, this could be a draft where the top three players are on the defensive side of the ball. Even though I think there's more talent overall offensively, the top looks like three prospects all play on defense. Simmons would be great here, even though he's going to play a little more on the outside. You can move him around. 
And, of course, you're talking about a team that lost its leader, lost its heartbeat. Luke Keekley with that retirement announcement. Even though he's an inside backer, Isaiah Simmons may be the kind of guy that takes over that locker room in a couple of years. Not only going to draft him for his play, but possible leadership ability. Arizona Cardinals at number eight, and props to the Cardinals for pulling off the trade of all trades thus far. DeAndre Hopkins, and I got to jump on the bandwagon here. What in the hell is Bill O'Brien doing? How does Bill O'Brien have a job? We don't know. Now, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Arizona still doesn't take another wide receiver, but at this point, I think you've seen enough out of Kyler Murray. He didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't lose a lot of those games either. He looks capable. He's got to keep him upright. We have Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. Time to get that offensive tackle in the mold again. Protect the guy that's supposedly getting you to the next level. He was the top pick in last year's draft. Number nine, Jacksonville. And they have two picks. They're at nine and 20. We have them with Derek Brown right now. Again, maybe not the biggest need. But he's simply the best player available at this point. True difference maker. The one true difference maker at the defensive tackle spot in this draft. This isn't a bad defensive tackle class. It's just being frowned upon because the last two to three years, we've really, we've really kind of spoiled ourselves. There's been a great run on defensive tackles the last two to three years. I hear so much about, oh, the defensive tackle rankings look so bad this year. And they really don't look bad. It's just they might look a little bad in comparison. But, again, we've been spoiled. Great run on defensive tackles. Had in sometimes. It's a good class. It's not a great class. One team that is improving itself already, Cleveland Browns, big fan of what they've done so far. And even though they've taken Jack Conklin, the right tackle from the Tennessee Titans, we saw them going to the line themselves. Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. All reports are that Odell Beckham's on his way out of town, which is good. If you remember anything, we were not a fan of that trade when it went down last year. I think Cleveland is poised to make uh, some noise this year. Everyone thought it was last year. Their, their heads were in the clouds after that Baker rookie season. Cleveland's back to earth. Now I think they, they might be ready to make some noise. The Jets at 11. Here's where it gets really, really interesting again. They are a team that has been linked to moving back. The Broncos at 15, even the Eagles at 21. It's quite a jump for Philadelphia, but they do have a lot of picks. There's a lot of front office connection between the Jets and the Eagles. The Broncos, they've shown the, the willingness and the tenacity to move up in years past. And this is where it starts to really get interesting because here's where the wide receivers start coming in. And as much as we talk about the quarterbacks – and how many teams are actually going to be moving up looking for those quarterbacks, I think there will be more trades in this draft for wide receivers than quarterbacks. Teams like the Broncos at 15. Teams like the Eagles at 21. 
even the Vikings, if they don't end up with Odell Beckham, they've got two picks at 22 and 25. Don't think they can't move up and entice someone with a pair of first-round selections. Minnesota's got the, the ammo, I think, to be the real wild card here. So I think this Beckham, this proposed Beckham deal that we keep hearing about is going to be really, really big news because obviously one of those picks, one of those picks may be gone or it could be a second rounder. It's going to be multiple picks. But I think then that probably eliminates the Vikings trying to move up for a wide receiver. The Jets could really use a receiver themselves. But it seems like they want to go offensive line. I mean, I know there's a lot of smoke screens going out there right now, but I, if it's not offensive line, the Jets are doing a great job right now. And let's just be real. It's the Jets. There's not a lot they've been doing right over these last few years. Got to keep Sam Darnold upright. He's not been the megastar that I think New York's looking for yet but the team is way, way better with him in the lineup than without. Big difference. Time to get the protection in front of him to keep him a Jet for a long time. Ty Beckton, he's the guy that has probably improved his draft stock more than anyone else. Was looked at as as an end-of-first-round pick probably the middle to late stages of day two. And bam, we're talking he's in the top top half now. I think anywhere from 11 to 14. If he doesn't go to the Jets, I don't think he slips by Tampa at 14. And again, we're talking wide receivers because the next two teams I think are in the market. You've got the Las Vegas Raiders and, oh, poor Raiders. This was supposed to be your coming out party. You're going to Vegas, making a big splash. The draft was there, and you've got COVID. Not only that, Vegas at 12, 12 and 19, a couple of first-round picks. The remnants of the Khalil Mack deal, extra pick for Vegas. We haven't taken a wide receiver. First one off the board, and it's Henry Ruggs III. We're going old school Raiders, baby. Speed, speed, speed. Which leaves us back up. I shouldn't say back up, but more polished Alabama wide receiver. Jerry Judy next at 13 with San Francisco. Another team with two picks, 13 and 31. This pick came from Indianapolis to Forrest Buckner. And that's a win-win. That's going to work out for both teams. Trust me, Indianapolis, don't feel bad that you're giving up the 13th pick for Forrest Buckner. Getting a great player, you're getting him in his prime. Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady. Whatever he's going to trademark. If Mackay Becton's not there, we're going Josh Jones. I think the other feeling here is they want a running back at some point. I really don't think we've had a steady running back since the days of Mike Alston work done. Do we really want Brady putting the ball up as much as Jameis Winston did last year? I mean, we know the stories. We know how prolific a Bruce Arians offense is. 
But do we want Tom Brady throwing this 50 times a game? Or do we want an efficient Tom Brady with a good running game, putting up 35 a game max? 27 to 32 totes, probably being in his wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, I think you're seeing what I'm, what I'm seeing here, Tampa. That is a quality over quantity choice. And he can still air it out, especially with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And a couple of good tight ends. Can't, uh, can't say that Tom's dumb. That's a team. Don't sleep on that defense either. That team was 7-9, and nine, but that was not the fault of the defense. Defense played with a lot of short fields, giving up 30 interceptions as well. Tampa's for real. Denver, 15, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. They like him. Apparently the Eagles like him. Even Jacksonville at 20. C.D. Lamb's going to get a lot of attention. A little bit taller than what you think. You see him on film at first and the way he plays, and saying, you don't think he's, he's taller than what you think. He's a good 6'1", maybe a, a hair over 6'1". Atlanta at 16, and here we start getting into no man's land. And I feel bad for the Falcons. I think the player they really want is C.J. Henderson. Without Vic Beasley, there's been so much attention. This team's going for an edge rusher, edge rusher, edge rusher. They really like C.J. Henderson. There's a problem. So do a few other teams. I'm going to call it now. If one player sneaks into that top ten that everyone is surprised about, my call right now is C.J. Henderson. He's attracting a lot of attention. Dallas, just right behind him at 17, would love Henderson. Jacksonville. And again, they are 9-20. and 20. So they make a move back. Maybe reestablish themselves, take a C.J. Henderson. Florida kid. Minnesota could really use another corner. Again, two picks. They make that deal for a wide receiver. C.J. Henderson would be looking awfully good in purple. But with our latest mock is without trades, C.J. Henderson, I think, would be good in Atlanta. Dallas at 17. And another player we've got moving up because, again, another player attracting a lot of attention, Cesar Ruiz, center out of Michigan. A center? Travis Frederick retired. Two years after that scary injury, as good as that offensive line has been, can't just look at Tyrone Smith there. A lot of that was on the interior. We saw what Dallas was a couple of years ago without Travis Frederick, and I don't think Dallas wants to do a full season without him. They want to get the air apparent now. I think this is maybe a little high, but again, there's a few teams that really covered Ruiz. They might have to overpay, per se, or maybe take their chances and try and trade back and hope that he's still on the board. There's some other good centers you could take, but why not try and get the best if you're there, available at 17? Miami, Javon Kinlaw. So many teams could use Kinlaw. He is the guy that I think slides, and it's not a knock on Kinlaw at all. He's like number two, number three on like six or seven boards. 
in our latest, there's just no scenario where he stuck out where he had to be taken. He's going to be a good fallback plan for a lot of teams. Indy was all over Kinlaw. They really liked him, and now that they're not at 13, I think that hurts his value a little bit as well. He will fall down the draft a bit. Don't think he gets any lower than 20, especially if Jacksonville does not go Derek Brown. Jacksonville or Vegas with their second pick at 19 would snap him up. Still a top 20 pick, but at one time he looked to be a top 10. And he's done nothing wrong. Vegas, they got their receiver. So we got him with Kenneth Murray, maybe a little higher. But there's some teams at the end of the first round that are really in the market for an inside linebacker. I'm looking at you, Baltimore, 28. I'm looking at you, Green Bay, at 30. Maybe that's a little high for the the Raiders, but they get their man. Next, Isaiah Simmons, you're looking at the best linebacking prospect in this draft. The Raiders, Lane Kenneth Murray. Austin Jackson, offensive tackle to Jacksonville. Again, Jacksonville's second pick. Jacksonville's got needs just about everywhere, but are they really glaring needs? No. Such an interesting thing. Jacksonville is a team. They're a couple of bounces away. If, if Gardner Minshew can give them some consistent quarterback play, they're a couple of picks or a couple of breaks from being either 11-5 and five or 5-11. and 11. Jacksonville can go either way this year, especially in a division that Houston seems to win. They fold a little bit. We saw Tennessee. Can they keep that up? Is there really a dominating team in that division? There's some good teams, but are there, are there any dominating teams? I didn't think so. We start getting into the playoff teams now. Philadelphia 21 again. They've been rumored to be looking up for a wide receiver. If they stay put here, we have them at receiver. Justin Jefferson, LSU, a player that's been rumored there. I think Den- Denzel Mims out of Baylor makes sense. With some edge rushing, like Yatir Gross Matos or A.J. Epinesa, either one could uh, could look good in Philly. We have him with Justin Jefferson right now. Minnesota with Jalen Rieger, probably the best slot receiver, true slot receiver in this draft. And New England, Xavier McKinney. That, of course, if they don't make any moves, they don't go for Jordan Love. We got Jordan Love at 24. New Orleans, why not? Teddy Bridgewater's gone. You've got two years out of out of Drew Brees. I'm not as big on Jordan Love, but if there's a team that can afford to sit him for a couple of years, why not? Learn from Brees. We're talking about a team. Look what they just did for Bridgewater. They gave up a third-round pick. And Bridgewater was pretty good when he was in there. New Orleans knows the value of the quarterback. They're a team that can afford having someone sit for a while. Christian Fulton at 25. Again, we talked about Minnesota. It's our second pick. Need for a corner. He just falls down the board a bit. Again, he's done nothing wrong. I just think that C.J. Henderson's done a little bit more. Teams, Teams seem to be a little bit higher on him. Even Bryce Hall out of Virginia. He's getting a lot of love, too. Don't know if he'll go first round, but he's going to be on a lot of boards. Fulton is that one guy, again, 
kind of like Javon Kinlaw. A lot of teams like him. Is he the guy for anyone? If Miami stays true with 518 and 26, their third pick comes at 26, DeAndre Swift. I think it's DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor. Why not? Take a running back. First running back off the board. Get a consistent running back. Boy, Miami could do some damage. Again, New England's taking a bit of a back seat. It's taking a step back. Buffalo, are they the are they the heir apparent? They may have the best talent in that division. But again, last place schedule, Miami. They played hard. They played hard. Not a bad team. Detroit Gross Mottos at 27. Seattle needs help on the defensive side of the ball. They need edge rushers. They need interior linemen. They also need some help in the secondary. Again, it's not glaring. They just need more depth. Best impact player here, Gross Matos, who had a very good year, but his sophomore season, he was a monster at Penn State. And he plays the run nearly as well as he does the pass. He's an under he's an undervalued, underappreciated defensive end. I think he'd get a lot more play if he wasn't in the same conference as a guy by the name of Chase Young. Patrick Queen, we talked about Baltimore twenty eight. This was the team that was numero uno heading into the playoffs. Lamar Jackson's 0-2 now. He's going to get some other picks, but again, look at some other chances. Did Baltimore really replace C.J. Mosley? Not really. They could have their pick of inside linebackers here. Patrick Queen, I don't think he quite is the upside of a Kenneth Murray, but I think he comes in, he's ready to play. A.J. Evanessa, we talked about him, defensive end out of Iowa. Great fit for Tennessee at 29, but if there's one team that I'm looking at, this is the area where teams are like, uh-oh, we want to get in the first round. We want to trade up. We want to get a star player that we can get an extra year, at fifth year toward his rookie contract. If there's any team that is looking for a deal, it's like, yeah, you know what, we can slip into the second round. Look for Tennessee to be that team. There's some needs. There's some definite needs. Tennessee's far from a perfect team. There's more in the cupboard there than what you realize. Green Bay at 30. It's all about an inside linebacker or a wide receiver. T. Higgins dropping a bit on the board. I think Jalen Rieger, if he was still around, might be perfect for Green Bay. Be that Randall Cobb type slot guy. Started to be under unreliable, a lot of injuries. But for Dallas, Cobb's now in Houston. But Green Bay getting that reliable slot guy or someone to put on the opposite side. Get that reliable number two. They really don't have the true number two. So here it is, T. Higgins. 6'4 and about 210. Guy's got the NFL body. Natain Muti, offensive guard out of Fresno State. You run the ball as much as San Francisco, why not? Pound it inside. Take the best true guard. 
best guard for a running-type football team. But, again, we talked about San Francisco might make a move. They have two first-round picks. If they pick a 13, much like Tennessee, San Francisco's hanging back, y'all. Last pick of the first round, Antoine Winfield. Good bloodlines. Dad was an NFLer. Safety out of Minnesota. I'd say if there were some some players that were not first-rounders, that could be first-round, I think Winfield's one. Zach Bound out of Wisconsin, even with that test, that diluted test sample at the Combine, he still has a shot at going in the first round. Caleb Chison out of uh, LSU. Bryce Hall, we talked about him. Grant Delpit. Just have him falling out of there at LSU, but uh, I think he's the best safety in this draft. Played on a bum ankle most of the year. Put his tape on from the previous season. It's better than Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney's a baller. Real quickly, where some other where teams are going to be going. Again, Cincy, there's so many needs. They'd be at the top there. And that team that's second, Indianapolis, they didn't have that first-round pick. So they're in that, hey, let's take the best player available. Maybe they sneak back into the first round because they're 34 and 44. Do they sneak into the first round? Do they make a play for a, a quarterback? Do they make a play for Jordan Love? Are they going to overpay for a Jake Fromm or a Jacob Eason? They seem to be one of the teams, them in Green Bay. Do they hang back in the second round? Do they take Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma? Other teams that didn't have a first-round pick. Houston joins the party at number 40. That secondary was awful. I think uh, – Merciless let him down a little bit on the other side. J.J. Watt returned to his Pro Bowl form. They get, and it's not just all pass rush. Even with a better pass rush, there's help needed in that secondary. We have him going with Jalen Johnson out of Utah. The Bears get on the board. They join the party at 43. We have them with a corner as well, Damon Arnett out of uh, Ohio State. Interesting area for them, though. No no tight ends off the board yet. So either them at 43 or the team at number 49, Pittsburgh Steelers. For both teams, it's not the biggest need. It's not the sexiest pick. But, again, with no tight ends off the board, if you're sitting in the middle of the second round and no tight end has been taken yet, you can take the best guy off the board. Why not? That might be the value you're looking for. Colkmet out of uh, Notre Dame. Maybe Albert Aguabuenum out of Missouri. Hang on a little bit, Harrison Bryant. Maybe you go small school, Adam Troutman. Something for both teams to think about. We actually have Pittsburgh with uh, Neville Gallimore. Tron Hargrove being signed away being that young, versatile defensive tackle who can be a nose, who can actually offer some penetration as well. Rams at 52. I have them with uh, Julian Aquara, the outside linebacker from Notre Dame. 
think, in a secondary player as well. Buffalo at 54, I think that's the last team that will be making their first selection. They gave up that first rounder for Stephon Diggs. That's a good deal. Diggs a true number one. He's, he's very good. He's good when you know the receiver opposite him. John Brown is that guy. John Brown's a great receiver. He's not a true number one receiver. Stephon Diggs is more than number one. That leaves you with a number three option by the name of Cole Beasley. And we've seen what Cole Beasley can do as a three in Dallas. Pretty good receiving core. I think that allows Buffalo to just tweak and fine-tune a defense that is already, I think, among the top five in the entire NFL. To me, I still think it's Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen, tough kid, does what he wants to do to win. I'm not convinced he's a franchise guy. You're going to win games with Josh Allen. I don't think he's going to take you to the promised land. Anyway, that's all we got for now. I'm sure we'll be back with another podcast leading up till then. Maybe take a look at some small school prospects, what's happening between now and draft day. We're six days away. Catch you on the flip side, guys. Thank you.